What's up, listeners? My name is Tyler, and you're listening to Horror's Home Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Hannah, and we're talking about Hellraiser from 2022 on Hulu. Directed by David Bruckner, who also directed The Night House and a segment in VHS, starring Jamie Clayton as Pinhead. It's a remake of the 1987 film and based off the 1986 novel Hellbound Heart by Clive Barker. Say hello, Hannah. Hi, guys. Hannah and I did a podcast episode last December on Suspiria, so luckily she's joined me for this. This just came out a few days ago, so we both just watched it in like the last few nights in several different segments. Yes, I was so excited. I literally texted Tyler and I'm like, yo, we need to do another podcast on this because I have seen so much about this new like Hellraiser movie and i'm so excited especially with jamie playing pinhead mm-hmm. so thank you so much for allowing me to be on your podcast absolutely um have you seen like the other hellraiser movies i have i've seen the original one um and then i saw the one i think it was made in like early 2000s and it had the cenobites with the cds in their head oh goodness that could vary honestly because i have all 10 movies apparently this is the 11th one but um yeah, I can't even keep track of most of them. So before we started shooting, um, so I feel like it's important to mention Tyler and I are at um, a brewery here where we live, and we've had, um, I call this the drunk podcast, because we've been having fun, having some <laughs> drinks, and it's really chill, it's very low-key, but my um, before we recorded, I was talking to Tyler about you know me doing jiu-jitsu and finished nursing school we just were catching up and my coach actually he is like a movie buff Mm -hmm. and we were talking about this shout out Tomas he might listen to this actually he listened to our Suspiria one nice yeah so um Tomas if you're listening big shout out thank you give me my blue belt you can't but (laughs) um he was so excited for this release oh really because of Jamie Um, The guy who played Pinhead, I actually have it in my notes. Doug Bradley? Yes. He even said how excited he was for Jamie to play Pinhead Mm -hmm. in the 2022 version. Mm -hmm. And I personally think Jamie did an excellent job. What about you? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, even just from the trailer, you could tell, like, and not to, like, spoil, like, our review, but plenty of, like, just the entire movie, like, Jamie does a good job. Like, Mm -hmm all the makeup design and everything and special effects makeup yeah and their voice absolutely like, as pinhead i'm like that's good like that's how pinhead should be well so. i think it's important to kind of let the audience know if they haven't seen any hellraiser movies which if you haven't seen hellraiser maybe don't listen to this go watch it and then come back and listen to it mm-hmm. because spoilers but definitely spoilers. <laughs> i feel like it's important to mention that pinhead is not one gender mm-hmm. pinhead is kind of genderless yeah because the writer of the novella which is clive barker clive, yeah he kind of made it known in his novella that pinhead is just a sexual being oh absolutely no gender involved yeah. so yeah. all the old fucking horror buffs that are like oh Pinhead isn't a girl. Well, Pinhead isn't a girl. Um, they are. They can be a masculine or a feminine being. Mm-hmm. That's my take on it. Yeah, literally. 
and like even then like with the whole novel which I haven't read I want to read it but um, it's all about the line between pleasure and pain and they don't know the line between like pleasure and pain and I feel like this uh, version or the 2022 version hits on that really well oh yeah absolutely especially Mm -hmm. again towards the end whenever Pinhead is saying something to a certain person they're like this is what you wanted (laughs) absolutely I think it's okay to say it because like I said if you haven't seen the new Hellraiser definitely go watch it because there's going to be spoilers in this episode yeah 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 so but yeah at the end there is a uh, gentleman who is basically the one like he's pulling all the strings trying to make everyone Roland yeah 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 yeah. Roland and he's like trying to make everyone basically be sacrificed to make this happen and then he gets his and how his body is affected he's like I just want to die but Mm -hmm. At the same time, just like they're like, this is what you asked for. Like, oh my god! Okay, yes, I remember that now. So I watched this last night, and I'm not gonna lie, I had way too many vodka sodas, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember this now. Like that, he was almost in like a heaven in a weird way. At the end of it, yes, yeah. with all the white lights, <laughs> mm-hmm. he looked fucking that. Okay, just job well done to the special, to the makeup artistry on this film because he definitely, I felt like it was a 2022 version of the 1987 version. Yeah, like honestly, the the makeup and the effects like looked so good. Like literally where I was looking up at the screen, I was like, this is so anxiety driven and this feels gross, but I love it. (laughs) Like especially at the end with like his cheek flaps being ripped apart. Yes. You were literally just, like, unlocking all of these drunk <laughs> memories <laughs> from, like, 24 hours ago. Oh <laughs> no, that, oh, that was a lot. Um, that last part was a lot. I would, I would agree. Oh, just all the characters and their designs and such, which, like, also being, like, references to the originals, but just how they look now. And, like, they mm-hmm. did a really good job using those cool colors and everything. Also, like, Chatterer, who's the one who's, like, Yes, yes, the one chomping his teeth. Yeah, yep. <laughs> So uh, my boyfriend was watching it with me last night. Shout out to Ben. Ben, I know you're going to listen to this. I love you. <laughs> but he was um, intrigued by the chatter. It was so funny because the – and he because he was the blind one. Yeah, he had like no eyes. He had no eyes, nothing. Yeah, just and then skin and teeth. It was so funny. Ben was like – Oh, of course they picked the blind motherfucker to, like, chase them. And then he started going really fast, and his reaction was hilarious. I was like, Ben, that's horror movie 101. Bless your heart. It was, it's so fun. If you have a, like, if you have anybody to watch horror movies with, watch horror movies with people who don't typically watch horror. Right. I feel like they just can't, they just don't pick up on, like, the, the cliches i guess mm-hmm. i knew that that motherfucker was gonna be fast yeah <laughs> no i saw that coming too but honestly like that wasn't a thing in the original like all 10 films yeah. like they all just kind of like walked out from the walls and they're like just there they're just present i thought it was interesting how they kind of towards the end were like stalking them mm-hmm. and staying like outside yeah that was also very like Engaging, very intimidating. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Because <laughs> just like they're just right there, they're not going anywhere. That's but a big, you can't go That's anywhere actually else. like a big fear of mine. Yeah. And that's why I liked it so much. I don't have many fears, but that's a big fear of mine is like people staying right outside. Just being trapped, yeah. Um, yeah, like if you like look outside and like someone's just like right there. Like mm-hmm. that's a big fear. Excuse me. 
the mind. Oh, <laughs> gives me chills. Are you familiar with other works from like Clive Barker, whether it's books or movies? No. He did uh, the story that's based on that made uh, Candyman. Okay. Yeah, so he did Candyman. There's Nightbreed. Um, there's something else. On Hulu, there's a Book of Shadows. Sorry, I'm trying not to hiccup right now. <laughs> like I said, people, we have been drinking a little bit, so there's going to be hiccups, calls and coughs. It's fine. This is a casual podcast. <laughs> yeah. Totally cool. But they're also, uh, besides like the 10 movies that came out before this one, they're actually making a uh, Hulu series Yeah. for the Hellraiser. I think it's going to be a continuation of the movies. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. I think, I think Doug Bradley's going to be in it. I could be wrong, but... I wish people listening to this could see the atmosphere that we're in right now because, to me, it gives a very, like, cozy, spooky vibe. Yeah, we got Halloween decorations up. We Yeah, so where we're at right now is a, a brewery in our hometown, and they have it decorated, in my opinion, very, like, Halloween cozy with, like, the brick walls and the spider webs on the windows, and we actually have uh, Evil Dead going on right now. Right. So, <laughs> thought about turning it off, but no, it's my favorite. <laughs> I feel like it's a good like. I mean, we can't hear it, but it's kind of like a good like ambiance, I guess maybe. Yeah, we'll just look up. And be like, it's just huh. very like something about it is like very cozy to me, and there's the fun like lights on the bar. Yeah. So y'all are definitely missing out because this is a cool, cool vibe. I like it. Yeah. Just Halloween time all around. Halloween is such a cozy time for me. Yeah. What about you? literally my favorite time of year people are like is that like too like cliche since you love horror movies i'm like no like literally people put stuff in their front yards that i like to look at <laughs> something so. about i feel like people are first off let people enjoy things but i feel like fall is such a cozy time because if you think about it that's when things start cooling down and that's when like the like cozy sweatshirts and the big blankets and oh, yeah. like like being close with your people and like that's kind of when like people I feel like start to get closer too so Mm -hmm. it makes sense why it's so cozy I mean in my opinion the decorations are better the Mm -hmm. leaves are turning and they're falling and hot drinks are out like what better (laughs) hot cider yeah and also the haunted houses and fall festivals and all that but like plainly also we went from like 90 degrees to like 60 degrees that's midwest for (laughs) y'all by the way that's that's midwest weather y'all are not used to it well, then you're not from the Midwest. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it's very... People in Colorado right watching. now are... Their fall is apparently dog shit, which we have bad. I don't feel like we have a good fall here. It varies. I like an orange fall. This one's kind of... Well, not this one, but in general, like, I feel like we have a lot of gray falls, and then it's just Absolutely. winter. <laughs> and in Colorado right now, the only reason I know that is because I watched another podcast, and they're, like, based in Colorado, mm-hmm. but they are... Um, it's, like, rainy all the time degrees that sounds awful to me yeah fucking i hate the rain <laughs> so, i do too so i hate the rain i hate the cold like right now again like 50s at night that's perfect like where i have to wear my denim jacket that's perfect yeah <laughs> i agree well i think that's good for like getting started background information um we're gonna take a quick musical break and then we're gonna go into the plot so spoilers even more spoilers when sue so be right back after this and if y'all haven't watched it no. No, you're good. Okay, cool. If y'all haven't watched it, then stop listening. What are you doing?
guys, we're back. Um, I'm gonna be reading the second part um, while Tyler is next to me. It's been a fun podcast, so. <laughs> we're just hanging out. Yeah, we're like hanging reading. out. No, reading is hard, I totally understand. So during a party at a hedonistic a millionaire Roland Voigt's mansion, sex worker Joey comes across a mechanical puzzle box, uh, which Voigt insists he solve. Joey solves a configuration and is stabbed by a blade hidden inside the box. A portal opens from which chains fly out and rip Joey apart as voice demands an audience with, you know, I suck at biblical names, but I'm going to call it Leviathan. Leviathan. Yeah, yeah. I Mm. suck with biblical names, (laughs) y'all. You're good. So what do you think about the intro? I really like the intro. Yeah, did it kind of like catch your attention? Yeah, with the chains and stuff, kind of like pulling him apart. I knew. Also to mention, when it stabbed him, there was something in the blade that I feel like kind of, I don't want to say drugged, but kind of like made him woozy. Yeah, he was like dazed. Yeah, he was super dazed. And that's a theme that you're going to see throughout the entire like movie when you watch it. Yeah, because they start to like kind of hallucinate. Mm-hmm. and see the Cenobites and such every time, like, after they're stabbed and they're, like, going in and out of it. Yeah. Okay. See the next part? Um, trying to think, like, uh, I like the mansion, like, honestly, the first sight. Like, it's very different because, again, we both seen the original and, like, it was in, like, an old house versus this. I feel like this new movie kind of hits the sexual aspect that, mm-hmm. the, that the original writer of Hellraiser kind of wanted because it is a sex party. Yeah. It's and it has the red lights, which is gonna be an important theme later on. Yeah, absolutely. Now with Clive Barker and all of his works, like yeah, very very much into like sexual tones and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because he's very fluent about all of that. Mm-hmm. So no, this movie definitely hit that, especially like in the very first like five minutes. Mm-hmm. But No, I agree. There was something about the party and, like, the red lights that really caught my attention. hmm And it honestly made me want to watch more. Yeah. Personally. Very enticing just from the get-go. Yeah. So, six years later, recovering addict Riley is living with her brother Matt, his boyfriend Colin, and their roommate Nora. Riley's boyfriend, Trevor, or if we can call him her boyfriend, right. uh, convinces her to help break into an abandoned storage warehouse where they discover the puzzle box. Returning home late, Riley gets into an argument with Matt and leaves. This is important because Riley is a recovering addict, and mm-hmm. if you've seen the movie, you would know that, or if you have not seen the movie, um, Matt really enforces sobriety on Riley yeah. because it seems that they've had a strained relationship with her trying to get sober. And I really liked that aspect of the film because, you know, if you've ever like had somebody in your family that was close to you that was an addict I feel like that relationship is very well done as far as portraying what it's like to have somebody close to you that's an addict yeah absolutely and like even with that dynamic right then like Mm -hmm. we already like Riley like she's the main character but then playing like her brother is like the angel on the shoulder but at the same time you you don't like him yelling at her and you're like oh well actually he's kind of in the right no he's 100 percent in the right and i feel like it really shows the struggle between riley and again her fighting her demons and matt just wanting to be a supportive brother but setting those boundaries which is hard to do if your sister is literally like an addict and currently struggling with 
I think it was alcoholism in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even more than that, because, like, Ironic after a little really bit, like, we see her, like, taking pills. Yeah. But, no, like, because she shows up, she, and he's like, you're drunk. And she's like, are you jealous? Yeah. It's kind of, like, just shows, like, in their dynamic, like, mm-hmm. what they're each going through. Because he's just, like, laying in bed with his boyfriend. Yeah. And then he wakes up to find her, like, stumbling in the hall. <laughs> that's, yeah. And, unfortunately, that's such a reality for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, it was really interesting to see this film kind of touch on that. So, returning home late, Riley gets into an argument with Matt and leaves. At an empty park, she solves the box, but avoids being cut by the blade. The Cenobites, a group of deformed humanoids, appear and demand she choose another as sacrifice. Matt finds Riley blacked out and, as he tries to wake her up, inadvertently cuts himself. He goes to a nearby restroom to clean his wound. Then Riley hears him scream and finds him vanished. I loved, love, love, loved that scene. Him in the bathroom, that creepy-ass park bathroom. How does he... How does he even find Riley? Isn't it because of her phone and, like, the GPS or something? Yeah, yeah. Like, find my location. Yeah, I like the bathroom scene a lot. Have you seen the new Candyman or even the original Candyman? Both of them have, like, bathroom scenes. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of, like, just relatable at that that point. creepy perk bathroom. Yeah, literally. Like, where that That was... That theme. Yeah. If you watch the old Candyman, that's literally a perv bathroom because there's something... I won't spoil it, but yeah. And then, like, with just watching that and just very... You're still in public, but at the same time, it feels dirty, feels, like, sketchy. It's creepy. Yeah, I agree. Oh. But, yeah, I like the that scene a lot, like, on the playground and everything, the colors and everything that's going on there. And then, like, her, she falls asleep on, I want to call it a carousel, like, the little spinny thing. Yeah, it's like a spinny thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's, like, Ugh. passing out because she took some drugs, and then, like, you see someone in the distance, and just, like, a Cenobite getting closer and closer, and then they tell her... Um, if not you, choose someone else. And Two people, I think, is what they said. Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh-huh. But then, or three. It was like, Yeah, there's some weird like, number like they need. Mm-hmm. I think it was three. Mm-hmm. Which reminded me of Colin, Matt, and Nora, their roommate. Oh, yeah. That yeah, whole carousel scene makes me so sick to my stomach and dizzy because I fucking hate carousels. Really? <laughs> they make me sick. I don't know about you, but they literally make me sick. I haven't been on one since I was little, probably. Eh. But I'm really sensitive to stuff like that. Fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, that was really good. And by this point, like all the characters are kind of like established. You kind of go like their dynamics, who they are. Absolutely. And at this point, it's very unrelated to the original, mm-hmm. like the original movie anyway. Because mm-hmm. the original movie, like it was like the daughter with the parents, and you're like, all right, these are like adults on their own, but they have their vices. So I did find it was yeah there was a huge difference between the 2022 remake versus the 1987 remake, um, but I did appreciate how the concept was still the same. Yeah. As far as the original, like Frank and Julia, there was a huge sexual aspect to that, and with Riley and Trevor you have your sexual aspect Mm -hmm. and I feel like this new remake in a huge sense had that sexual aspect if you go towards the beginning you have the whole sex party Mm -hmm. so it was really interesting seeing how the remake kind of kept the theme of the original 
but having its own own spin in 2022 yeah you have the gay couple and you have talking about addiction and you have just new themes of not new themes but i feel like things that are openly talked about in 2022 versus 1987 there's a stark difference oh absolutely yeah like all this stuff's like you know it's a topic that we're talking about today and that's why it's happening Mm -hmm. but we can openly talk about addiction and we openly have you know gay couples on tv and that's an amazing thing so it's really cool to see hellraiser and pinhead kind of keep the i guess original and i'm saying that in quotes aspect of it of pinhead being you know the main cenobite if you will Mm -hmm. but then have themes like addiction and homosexuality that being a strong component in sex parties and sex workers having that be a strong component in the new i guess remake of it yeah yeah absolutely i guess i would be like interested again to like go back and read the original just for wondering more if it's like about like the 1987 movie or if it's more close to this kind of story like just character wise anyway from what i was reading online because i found like a facebook group talking about jamie being you know pinhead Mm -hmm. somebody of course there was that (laughs) old movie buff being you know hating against a you know a person who is more feminine appearing playing pinhead versus a male Mm -hmm. and somebody commented and said that the novella of hellraiser was actually a very sexual based novella Mm -hmm. so yeah, I honestly forgot what I was saying. <laughs> oh. I forgot what I was saying. Y'all, this cider beer is amazing. <laughs> oh my god. What is it again? It's um pivot cider. It's a kiwi strawberry cider. Ten out of ten would recommend. Especially if you're celiac like me. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like the sexual component of Hall Razor was definitely kept in the twenty twenty two version. For sure. As it should be. Just again, just knowing Clyde Barker and his like background Mm -hmm. especially like back then like he wrote that novel in 1986 so just to have that translated uh fucking less than 40 years later Mm -hmm. like no it definitely met the mark with what he was going for even like i saw an article where it was about how he is inspired by jamie's performance and wants to write he said he wants to write another hellraiser well the the guy that played uh, Pinhead in the original version. Doug Bradley. He was so looking forward to Jamie playing Pinhead. Mm-hmm. Which and is, I think that has a lot to say for itself. It really does, because also the last two Hellraiser movies didn't have Doug Bradley in them, and mm-hmm. he did not approve, and mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't in general. Like, especially uh, not the most recent one, Hellraiser Judgment, but the one before that, like the person who played uh, Pinhead, he didn't fit the role it was weird the most recent one like it was clearly like they're like let's find someone like doug bradley but mm. the one before that was like no so for him to like speak out and definitely be like voiced about supporting jamie mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good sign 10 out of 10 jamie did a phenomenal job i agree believing the box caused matt's disappearance riley and trevor tracked down serena is it meniker um, I think it's Yeah, yeah. Uh, Voight's former lawyer, who had hidden in the warehouse, 
Menneker tries to take the box from Riley, but is cut by the blade and is later taken by the Cenobites. Riley visits Voigt's abandoned mansion, finding his journals and learning that the box has multiple configurations, each of which requires a victim to be marked, in quotes, by the box's blade for the Cenobites to take. On completion, the box allows its holder to receive a quote-unquote gift from Leviathan, the entity that rules over hell. Riley sees an apparition of Matt, but is horrified to discover he has been flayed. Trevor, Colin, and Nora arrive to take Riley home. While Riley explains her findings to Colin, the still-living but mutilated Voight, who is hiding inside the walls, stabs Nora with a box. The group attempts to escape the mansion in a van, but Nora is taken by the Cenobites. Their leader, the priest, taunts Nora, then flays her. They crash the van and walk back to the mansion. The priest commands Riley to sacrifice two souls with the last two configurations, or they will take her. After Trevor is injured by the Chatterer, Riley solves the next configuration and stabs the Cenobite, who gets torn into pieces as the next sacrifice. So a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot has happened here. <laughs> yeah, just in that paragraph. Dissecting this. So, Riley goes to the abandoned mansion, and I find it so funny and, of course, very cliche that there's that one tiny box. Not box. <laughs> Pardon me. But, like, square hole where she can magically fit. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, in the basement or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty much just, all right, this is convenient. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, all of it was convenient. Tell me why they had... I thought it was interesting that, like, the gates that they had around the mansion kind of looked like the pattern of the box. Oh, yeah. That's definitely, like, intentional. But it looked very good. And honestly, like, in other scenes, like, whenever you're, like, looking up and, the, like, everything's coming together. Mm-hmm. That was, like, definitely meant to mimic that. Especially But it for, wasn't over the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, whenever it came to... They went to go see the woman who owned the warehouse who was, like who finished out his estate or caretaker Serena yeah yeah whenever they went to her and then she she got stabbed when she's trying to take the box away yeah yeah um and just disappears in the infirmary yeah (laughs) but like watching that transition happen which is also for all of them like just watching like everything get darker like the windows grow so dark or like Mm -hmm. also like the hallways like go away like they like transition further away to where you're just like entering a new realm which is very reminiscent of the original like whenever the halls or whatever would like move further away from you Mm -hmm. but what do you think about like that kind of stuff did you like those effects i loved it honestly i feel like 1980s horror has a lot of themes or similar themes because it reminded me a lot of like a nightmare on elm street theme where it's just you having that experience and nobody else around you can see it Mm -hmm. that's what it reminded me of was like a nice like nightmare on elm street type vision that the one person is experiencing and everybody else literally can't see it but watches them get like torn to pieces or just disappear and there's nothing you can do about it which causes me personally so much anxiety Mm -hmm. um I loved how Trevor ironically found that, you know, or Nora found it first. She found that, like, behind the bar and it could make, it was like a flip switch. Mm-hmm. And she could make the walls, you know, like, she, like, made the piano sound and then the wall, like, turn. And she goes in the wall, which is silly to me. And, of course, that secret passage 
freaking closes. And yeah. there's Trevor, which, ew, I hate <laughs> Trevor. It closes on her, and then we see the uh, Roland, I think. Wasn't it Roland? Um, who, like, in the dark, kind of, like, chasing? Mm-hmm. I think that was him, I'm pretty sure, because otherwise I don't think it was a Cenobite. But, uh, yeah, it was Roland. Yeah. And then she just gets stabbed and then sees that bullshit and then goes into basically hell. All mm-hmm. of it was just wild to me, but we were talking about the Chatterer before we recorded. Oh, yeah. Tell yeah. me how you feel about the Chatterer. He's very iconic, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. I like the Chatterer more than I do Pinhead. Because he's blind and he does that creepy <laughs> Just his look, honestly, but yeah, like, and if like I were to get, like, like, a tattoo, teeth. it'd be the Chatterer, yeah. They sounded like teeth, like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, a lot of people think of the Chatterer, one of the things, but, like, Hellraiser, and then, like, again, this, like, remodel of him is very much similar, but at the same time, new, modern, grotesque. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I like to see him a lot on... And honestly, on a, all of the Cenobites so far, or just in this movie in general, are gross. Like... I feel like... Not Pinhead, but the other Cenobite that looked more feminine to me. Mm-hmm. You know the one that was like kind of the... The antenna kind yeah, of... Well, yeah, it alien-esque. Like, yeah, definitely. Like, it reminds me of like that Star Wars character who was like... Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. If you haven't seen the movie, you won't know, but if you've seen the movie and you're listening to this, you'll know exactly who we're talking about. Yeah. Pretty sure that's the one that was in the infirmary. Like, mm-hmm. whenever she was walking around you could see her behind her and because I, I thought it was going to be that and you see her and it's like kind of like her shoulders to her head like kind of arch, arches over it mm-hmm. yeah but what about her no I just really I, I, I really liked her because besides Pinhead she was kind of a leading Cenobite to me yeah definitely especially towards the end mm-hmm. which we'll get like into but yeah no. I, like, looked at her, I was like, wow, she has, like, a bridge piercing. <laughs> I swear to God, very modern with the time. <laughs> it's so funny. It's, sorry, no, it's so weird doing a podcast, like, tipsy. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. 10 out of 10 would recommend. We're having a good time. This is probably my favorite podcast so far, because, I mean, every time so far has been me alone, and then we've had one together, and now we're just vibing. <laughs> Vibing <laughs> off the off the cider beer because your girl has celiac. <laughs> it's so fun. Note if you ever like wanted to record a podcast or you do record podcasts, mm-hmm. I recommend having some sort of substance and record this because I feel like it adds a raw component to it. Right. The yeah. show. Just gonna speak. <laughs> For real, speak your piece. Honestly. Right. But yeah. 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 There's a lot going on. Like. That also whole got to... paragraph had a lot going on. Yeah, for sure. yeah, it was, it was a long like the. <laughs> well, no, I just feel. I mean, it was kind of like the mid, mid of the movie, the big oh, chunk yeah. of the movie. Mm-hmm. And like, we already talked about Chatterer, but like him, like running up. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yes, I was supposed to shout out Ben here. So I, my boyfriend Ben, he, first off, suggested me making notes for this film. Ben, I've already shouted you out once. This is your second time. And he mentioned something about the chatterer, um, and I mentioned it to Tyler before we recorded. Ben was so shocked to see him, or chatterer, sorry, kind of being slow at first and then just running. If you are a horror movie person, you know that that's kind of a cliche. 
to him, bless his heart, it was he was like, oh my god, he's going so fast. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a running theme of any horror film. Am I wrong on that? No, I feel like you're right, but at the same time, like I said like earlier, where like those characters, they just like walked out and just stood there. So this is like a nice change. Mm-hmm. This is like you think about like Michael Myers. <laughs> Michael, oh yeah, Michael I was run. thinking of Michael too. <laughs> yeah, so Michael doesn't run. There's a funny movie called... Um, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. It's like a mockumentary comedy where, like, this film crew is, like, following Leslie Vernon and he's, like, the upcoming serial killer. Mm-hmm. Then he's just, like, he's, like, showing them, like, his training routine. He, like, runs a lot. He's, mm-hmm. like, because anytime they look at you, you have to walk. He's, like, what do you think happens? Like, anytime they're not looking, you have to run Ugh. after them. <laughs> I fucking hate running. Ugh. <laughs> I don't like running at the gym. The worst form of cardio in my yeah. I just like to be out and about, so whenever I like to run on the treadmill at the gym, I'm just like, this is so fun. It's kind of garbage. Yeah, I'm just like looking at the clock. I'm like, all right, just get through this. Because I get on YouTube and watch whatever, but mm-hmm. that gets me through. But I'm like, I, I, hate, I hate being on the treadmill. No, me too. The only form of cardio I like is the bike, honestly. Mm-hmm. I like the elliptical too. And jujitsu. That's great. For sure. <laughs> Moving on? Yeah. Gotcha. Thank you. No problems. Let's move this. Oh, I already moved it for you. Oh. Yes. Well, I read the pair. There's another big pair. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the group makes it back to the mansion, realizing that there are steel doors designed to lock the Cenobites out. Riley and Colin leave Trevor to rest, and it is revealed that Trevor has been working for Voight. Side note. I fucking knew it. Man, <laughs> fuck this guy. Trevor is ew. And I'm going to get back to that in a second. Let me read this. But, ugh, we hate Trevor. <laughs> Riley and Colin lure a Cenobite, the Asphyx, uh, inside to become the last sacrifice. But Voight appears and stabs Colin with the box. Voight reveals that he sought new pleasurable sensations after completing all of his sacrifices. And his, and his quote-unquote, reward was a, a contraption attached to him to twist his nerve endings, leaving him in constant pain. He completes the final configuration and traps the Cenobites, demanding they ask Leviathan to free him from his quote-unquote gift. Riley retrieves the box and unlocks the sealed doors, letting the Cenobites in. Riley saves Colin from being tortured by the gas by stabbing Trevor, choosing him as the last sacrifice, as she fucking should. <laughs> Meanwhile, Voight bargains with the priest to grant him a different gift, and she offers him quote-unquote power. Voight is released from his contraption and momentarily healed before Leviathan impales him with a large chain and takes him away. Yeah. So, um, go ahead and give your thoughts on Trevor. We fucking hate Trevor, honestly. <laughs> we do hate Trevor. We hate Trevor. I told Tyler before we recorded this that I wanted to give Trevor the benefit of the doubt because I don't like to judge people by their cover. But honestly, he that this is a this is an okay cause to judge people by their cover. Yeah. Because not only and you'll see in the film that he kind of enables Riley's addictions via excuse me, alcohol and pills. Um he gets her to steal. Just zero out of ten, gentlemen. Yeah. I really thought that he would be better than that because he was like, oh, shit. You know, 
mm-hmm. trying to get rid of the box, really trying to get rid of the box, especially when they visited Serena. And when they go to the mansion, he turns around, but like, Trevor, you let me down, my guy. <laughs> Come on. Like I said, he was definitely like a <laughs> bad fuck influence. Trevor. <laughs> yeah, literally. He was definitely a bad influence from the get go, but then also, like, it's kind of. right. Yeah. <laughs> we hate that. Mm hmm. There's also, like, kind of a weird thought, like, where, again, like, whenever they're, like, at the uh, hospital or, mm-hmm. like, the woman who has lung cancer. Serena. Yeah. How he's like, let's go, let's go. But at the same time, he's working to make her, like, be sacrificed, make Riley be sacrificed. I really feel like, again, in all movies, people that, like, make these terrible deals, I can't think of one right now, but I swear to God, tomorrow when I'm sober, I'm going to be <laughs> like, Tyler, I should have said this. But people that make shitty deals in films, they, like, have a, instances of regret. And I feel yeah. like we, after watching it, you kind of see him kind of battling that regret in the film. Yeah. Especially I mean, when they go visit Serena, and then they're in the mansion. Yeah. Yeah. But no, fuck you, Trevor. I expected better than... Like, I expected better out of you. You let me down. <laughs> He'd already gotten bit, but, um, by a chatterer, but then, like, he's, like, laying on the bed, and then it's, like, where Vok comes up, and he just, like, puts his, like, hand on his mouth, on Trevor's mouth, Ugh. and I was, like, I feel like you, yeah, like, you got bit, but you could probably also overpower this guy, because he literally has a fucking, like, thread maker coming out of his chest with his nerve endings. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that, uh, contraption? For Voight? Or mm-hmm. Roland? For Voight, yeah. Um, you know, I am not going to lie. When I watched this film, I was, again, a couple of vodka sodas deep. And I really didn't understand what it was. But now that I'm thinking about it, that shit, to me, gave me um, kind of like an iron lung feel. Like, keeping Mm -hmm. him alive almost. Yeah, yeah. To me, it was very gross to see because they, like, zoom in. And, I like, like it. Oh, I like it, but it's gross. But, like... <laughs> see, I don't feel like it's gross. I like it. Like... Ugh. It's just, like, that, like, string thread. Okay, and yeah. it's also no, no, being no. coiled. And, like, yeah. you look at it and it's just, like, this, I'm sounding, like... I'm sounding edgy right <laughs> no, now. Fine. Just, no, like, crimson like... red and also, like, the thread kind of coming off and cl- clearly it's wet. Where, like, you look at it and you're like, that's mm-hmm. his body. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very... Uh gross but mm-hmm. I don't know this again this movie with its effects did not hold back and that was definitely part of that at one point he kind of bargains with Pinhead and mm-hmm. is saying like just kill me I'm just like why don't you just kill yourself no <laughs> it's been but six see, years that's what that's what Pinhead kind of wanted I feel like I feel like Pinhead is a perfect example of you get what you wish for but be careful what you wish for yeah, that's definitely true. I'm also curious, like, you know, whether this movie acknowledges, like, I don't know, say heaven or hell. Like, if you are in this, is this, like, the third realm or is it just hell? But plainly, like, even no matter what you're doing, if you're going to, say, kill yourself, like, you're going to, like, Pinhead's realm. You're going mm-hmm. to the realm of the Leviathan. So mm-hmm. that might have been, like, the outcome. But I was just like, you've waited six years and you're, like, making other people die because you're in pain because you chose this because you didn't know again the the line between pleasure and pain right so no i see that yeah again a lot going on um got to see a lot more of the cinebites during this time especially as they're all like 
waiting outside the like doors, the weird cage kind of doors to each room after they like flip the switch and everything. And there's the one that like got caught in the door. Yeah. And started to like pull through, and then like their skin was coming out. Mm-hmm. I was like, again, uh, I love this shit. At the same time, I was like, this movie gives me anxiety. <laughs> like, there's a lot going on. I really love movies that give me anxiety. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> I feel you, but this one, like, this morning when I was, like, trying to watch it on the couch, I was just like, oh, my God. More, maybe morning time isn't the best for something like that. Maybe, like, a nice, calm show or <laughs> silence is good for when you first wake right. up. Right. Watch some New Girl and then Hellraiser. God, I love New Girl. <laughs> Same. We should make a whole podcast on New Girl. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> yes. No, for real. I love New Girl. Yeah. Like, 10 Same. out of 10, show. Same, for sure. <laughs> I can love New Girl. No, it's like, kind of my, like, casual go-to show. If I, like, don't want to work for something. Who's your favorite Schmidt. I knew you would say Schmidt, because <laughs> Schmidt's my favorite. Oh, my God. We love Schmidt. So funny. Sorry to, like, get away from the horror stuff, but, like... Sometimes we need a break. Yeah. For a moment, um, years ago, I was in D.C. for an interview, and I was there with, like, our Airbnb had, like six people from across the country like different people we had to get yeah. together and like we were all just like in the bedroom together like on Netflix because that's where the TV was and then someone's like we watch New Girl and like, we're like yeah we've never seen it and then we watched like four episodes back to back and we all have like this reference from the very beginning where it's just like let me grab my card again when we were like God, shit's mad I fucking love Schmidt <laughs> so. a white man no no <laughs> <laughs> what a show so good yeah so, <clears throat> tempted by the priest into resurrecting Matt, Ryla refuses to wish for a gift because she knows the Cenobites' reward are always twisted. And that's kind of what we were talking about with Roland, how he wanted, what was it, um, power. Yeah. And like, it was literally twisted. He got what he wanted. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. Again, that live deliciously. Right. <laughs> the priest tells her that she has chosen to live with the guilt of her actions. The box reverts to its original configuration and the Cenobites disappear. As Riley and Colin leave the mansion, he asks her if she made the right choice. Riley remains silent. Meanwhile, in hell, hell, <laughs> in hell, <laughs> my Midwest ass, Voight uh, undergoes a brutal transformation into a new Cenobite. And that's kind of the end, people. Um, you know, the way of Cenobites is I feel like they will purposefully make you think about what you want mm-hmm. and kind of, it's it's a mind power. It, it it really is a, like a, it's like a mind fuck. Yeah. They'll make you double, you know, like double think about like what you want and if that's what you really want, like Roland wanted power, right? Mm-hmm. He got it. Not in the way that he wanted Right. And Riley wanted to just go back to the way things were, but with her and her situation, there's a lot of guilt in that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So they're going to, like, play off of her weakness, which is what exactly they, that's what they want. Yeah, they tried to, like, the entire thing is just about teasing getting her brother back. Mm-hmm. So, and with Vought, like, him. I say Voight, Vought. Voight, Vought, I don't know. Like, we I don't remember. know how to say this, y'all. <laughs> but with him, like. At one point, like, he tells Trevor, like, how every second is a year, just a pain, because literally his fucking nerve endings are being coiled. Yeah. But then whenever he's talking to Pinhead, 
Pinhead's just saying, like, this is what you wanted. Because, again, they the Cenobites don't have, like, the separation of pain and pleasure. Like, it's such a thin line mm-hmm. to where, like, you... As I, like, watch this, I kept that in mind and, like, looking at all the Cenobites, like, with their exposed skin, stuff that's, like, ripped up or torn or just, like, literally, like, in a mid place. I'm just like, that's that's not comfortable. <laughs> and then when we see him at the end being turned into a Cenobite and, as we already talked about, his cheeks. Kind of, like, He's, like, de-cheeked. <laughs> uh, that, that whole eternal, literal hell of being in constant pain. Yeah. I'm glad they uh, brought back the classic line. We have such sights to show you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I was like, there we go. That's mm-hmm. all I needed. Yeah. And then, like, just to reflect on all, like, the executions in this movie, like, Trevor, like, ooh, whenever he gets stabbed to replace uh, her sister's boyfriend, he, uh, like, has barbed wire that just, like, wraps around his neck mm-hmm. automatically and then on his wrist so tight that his fucking elbow like pops out like the bone pops mm-hmm. out I was like oh my god <laughs> when you say her sister's boyfriend um I think his name was Clark was that the sister's boyfriend because she was like choose another and then because at first it grabbed him by the wrists mm-hmm. and then it went from like she stabbed Trevor whenever they were arguing he's like give it to me and they stabbed yeah. Trevor and then yeah it chose him instead of uh I want to say Clark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You're probably right. Yeah. Again, we both watched this movie in four different segments and sleepy and alcohol. So, but no. We're not going to lie, y'all. We had some drinks. <laughs> so, if we don't get the names correct, just know we kind of know who we're talking about. Even, like, not drinking, I have that problem, honestly. Like, I'm like, oh, I love that person, but, like, what's their name? <laughs> the sucky part is I literally took notes... And yeah. Yeah. Um, we're just going with it, but it's all good. No, um, I don't know. Anything like you want to talk about, like with the ending? I'm gonna be honest. That ending was a bit hazy. <laughs> it was a lot, honestly. Like, there's a lot that happened. I, I don't know. I feel like Riley just kind of got away with it. Like, not like she did something wrong but just like the fact no. that she went untested at that point besides like the whole movie her being tested mm-hmm. like with her brother and everyone around her dying but for the fact, fact that she like they just like alright you can go I think that's what they wanted though because you have to think that this girl is literally suffering with an addiction issue mm-hmm. plus the death of her brother plus the death of her boyfriend for all intents and purposes Yeah. plus the death of Nora this girl is going to have to live with that guilt yeah. for the rest of her life. And so, what's better? The guilt of all of that happening plus your addiction or the unknowing, I don't want to say gift, but the unknown, uh, the unknown of what the Cenobites have to offer. Yeah. There's always going to be that what if. Okay. And could the Cenobites offer something better? She doesn't know. And there's always going to be that what-if kind of factor in it, yeah. I, I think. Well, there was that moment, like, where they were like, here's your brother. And she's like, that's not my brother. I know my mm-hmm. brother's dead. So I think Riley really had to make a important, an important choice. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Pinhead basically said, like, you have to live with your guilt. Is that better than 
a future in maybe hell being a Cenobite herself? I would say so, but that's because we as the viewer know better. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't, if you want to look at it as, like, a real-life kind of person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It is a kind of tale as old as time of a person who wants all the power in the world and they finally get it, and then it's nothing that was cracked up. That it, oh, wait, That was cracked up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like the ending. Um, overall, like, it was just very much a ride, especially just to look up at, and you're just like, God, like, this is a lot going mm-hmm. on right now. The characters felt very mm, blissful in some matters, plainly, like, even, like, whenever they're, like, driving away, like, down that, like, they're both sides of the road or, like, greenery. He's like, you just missed the turn. I was like, where's that turn? I swear. No, that's a bad <laughs> one. And then plainly there's just like holes popping up in the ground and they'll slam on the brakes. Mm-hmm. But, no. It was good. It, Do we want to give our final thoughts after a break? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, cool. Alright. So, for this movie, what are some like highlights that you're into? What are some things you didn't like about it? Like, I don't know, whether it's like the effects, the story, the characters... Mm-hmm. Or even the background. Like, what's some things that, like, stood out to you? So, I wouldn't say it's something that I necessarily didn't like about it. But I think with any remake, there's going to be a bit of a cliche to it. Mm-hmm. But from what I've been reading about reviews and whatnot, if Hellraiser... If this were, like, the first Hellraiser 2022, great. I thought it was a great remake. I thought it kept true to the storyline. Um, I mean, I thought the bit with Trevor was a bit kind of cliche. You could see that. But I I honestly have no complaints. I think that... Sorry, y'all. I have the hiccups. I really don't have any complaints about it. I kind of, I mean, I liked it, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. And I feel like for a 2022 remake, pretty good. Yeah, felt very modern, as we talked modern, about Modern, but it kept true to the story. Oh, yeah, like, there's a lot of, like, reflections of the original, but at the same time, like, you can tell, like, this is based off, like, a novel. You could be a horror movie buff, like I said earlier, and tear it apart, but honestly... There's no need for that. I feel like people like that are honestly kind of fucking corny and lame. And they just need to go somewhere. Yeah. Because I feel like for the 2022 remake, they did a pretty good job. Oh, absolutely. If this was your first time watching Hellraiser, let's say you didn't see the original. You saw the 2022 version. I think you'd like it. I think that you would gain something from it. And then if you watch the the remake, the original, after it... You could see where they got their influence from. Yeah. Honestly, I think people are so hung up on keeping things, you know, strictly after the original. Why would you do that? Yeah. You know I what mean, I'm saying? Like, why like watch with the, the same remake. Movie? Yeah. Absolutely. So, I think that they did a good job. Yeah. Personally, and if I had to rate this movie, I'd say a solid four out of five. Four out of five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I wouldn't give it a, a 5 out of 5 if I had to. I gave it a 4 out of 5 just because I do feel like the whole thing with Trevor was a bit cliche, but I think 4 out of 5 is a 
pretty solid rating. Yeah. They did a fantastic job. Um, if I were to watch Hellraiser without watching the original, I'm pretty sure I'd give it a 5 out of 5. Um, but since I've seen the original Hellraiser, I say 4 out of 5. What about you, Tyler? Um, I agree with pretty much everything you just said. Like, just the influence of it all, the uh-huh. background of it, how it looks visually. And you watch more visually. movies than I do, so <laughs> I want you to be, like, as honest yeah. as you can. For me, the shortcoming of this movie was probably its human characters. Like, Trevor. It was Trevor. Definitely Trevor as one, because he was just <laughs> kind of shitty. He and, was a shitty man! Yeah. Ah, I wanted so much more from him! Like Adam Levine. i was gonna say the entire friend group in general just felt very i don't know blissful as i said before Uh they were kind of like lacking and like not just personality but just like define them as a character like you know you think of like certain iconic movies like you think of like laurie strode or you think of like nancy from on elm street or mia from the evil dead remake like these people like they set something in their mind and then like these characters are very just victims is what i I can agree yeah they were just, like, kind of letting things happen or whenever, like, mm-hmm. they were on the, in their days. They were just, which makes sense. They're in the days, but they were just confused and helpless. And I was like, all right, there's no running. You just kind of, like, stay in there for a second, and then the chains come at you. It's so funny that you say that because I remember Ben and I were watching it, and he was like, why did you just fucking stand there? Why didn't you run away? And I'm like, yeah, y'all were not gotten away from him. Had y'all hustled a little bit right i mean there's critical thinking and that like i always have like that voice for a horror movie but playing like this one i was just like i just don't really care about a lot of these characters but on the flip side do you feel like he was kind of or the director was kind of getting to the cliche horror movies of just staying there and not running away does that make sense like and the you know original halloween for example they just kind of lay there and they're like ah like let it happen i kind of feel like they were paying homage if you will to the original by that yeah. not running away mm-hmm. i mean it's fair because also like whenever they're in this daze it's like reality mm-hmm. is shifting around them to where they're no longer like on earth like this the light goes down and then plainly like the halls move there's holes coming up in the ground or the walls move and the street yeah Yeah. so I don't know like that could also be a thought to where like they didn't necessarily want to extend on that world Mm because that could have taken time and like if you watch the originals that is a world where it's just like there's like a creature there's also like basically like this abyss all around them so I guess Mm -hmm. they didn't like want to grow on that at this time so but otherwise like I will say my favorite character was definitely Pinhead Jamie fucking Clayton. Mm-hmm. They did a phenomenal job. Um, Jamie just, I feel like, I fucking did Pinhead well. But did Pinhead justice. Yeah. 10 out of 10, Jamie's performance. The special effects makeup was fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Jamie's performance was phenomenal. I have no complaints. Yeah, same here. I mean, like I said. I have no complaints on any of the Cenobites' performances, to be honest. Oh, yeah. They're all very creepy. Like, or I want to see, like, the makeup behind the scenes. Like, how they I have to undergo too. that. I do, too. Again, shout out to the makeup artist team, the special effects makeup. Because I have friends that do that shit. And I know that that shit's not easy. 
and I feel like that they, you know, they did a good job. Yeah, and the actors probably had to like sit in chairs for like hours. Honestly, God. there was so much going Couldn't on. Couldn't imagine. <laughs> it reminds me of the meme of Jamie, what's his face from Stranger Things. I know what you're talking about. Getting Vecna. ready for Vecna. Yeah, holding <laughs> with a coffee. The Starbucks <laughs> for like five hours. Yep. So yes, we respect you, makeup artist team. <laughs> Any, you know, anybody that goes to, I have friends that do like film work, um, and I just know the hard work that it takes to, you know, make something like this. So honestly, shout out to y'all. Yeah. If y'all ever hear this, for real. It's also like, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, you're fine, go ahead. I was going to say, just like Pinhead's voice. Like the voice that Jamie gave on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. Again, probably drawing, like, influence from uh, Doug Bradley, but at the same time, just, like, mm-hmm. that character putting on that voice, that performance, because mm-hmm. that was so important, just, like, all the lines they said. No, Jamie, absolutely, I feel like, you know, expectations exceeded for the role. Mm-hmm. Jamie was a good pick. I don't give a fuck what anybody has to say. I've cursed a lot on this podcast, which That's is okay. fine. <laughs> It's a podcast, and I feel like Jamie deserves it because Jamie really lived up to the role of Pinhead. So good for you, Jamie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely getting the highlight. And as we talked about, like the effects and everything, love that. Mm-hmm. The background, just the setting was fun. Honestly, like it wasn't special, but just playing like how it looked, whether it was like the van or it was the opening up with the sex scene. Yeah, that too. That the van, nice. the mansion, the... Uh, the sex scene was good. No, the hospital and the uh, sex scene. <laughs> God, okay, yeah. But, All right. Well, I love a good sex scene in a horror movie. That's just me being me, I guess. No, no I understand. I mean, even I how it opened, it I was like, huh. Shit was nice. And then there was, like, Trevor and Riley, and I was like, huh. Go ahead. Again, definitely going with the course of uh, the original novel. A sexual feel. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I I give it a 4 out of 5, and I feel like that's fair. Yeah. 4.5 out of 5, if I want to be generous. Oh, really? Going up? Absolutely. Okay. We talked about the sex scene. So <laughs> okay. Um, I'd probably give it a 4. Have well, your own opinion, Tyler. Uh, I know, I know, I know. I'm, bef- I'm between a 4 and a 4.5, and because honestly, this is the best Hellraiser movie I've ever seen. You know, out of the remakes, I feel like it's the best. Yeah, like, I have all the original you have, 10. Like, fucking 10 of them. Yeah, all of them. Crazy. So, but it's this so one- funny, because I was talking to, uh, with my friends, um, my jiu-jitsu, like, team or whatever, and, like, Tomas and I were talking about it. Yeah. And he was like, he tried to say, I'm sorry, Tomas, I'm about to call you out, <laughs> but he tried to say it was, like, one of the worst franchises ever, and I'm like, man, fuck you. <laughs> but he said worse next to Halloween, which, by the way, we uh, should watch next if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, don't say that shit, but he also, like, loves to fuck with me or whatever, and I'm like, man, you're such a turd. But I can see what he's saying because it's like, okay, two, you know, you make the original and then you have like Hellraiser 2 or whatever. Halloween kind of did the same. Let's be honest. Halloween fucking H2O. Come on. Oh, yeah. Well, 20 years later. Yeah. <laughs> that one, uh, Halloween, I love so much, but like, yeah, the franchise goes in a weird direction for sure. And like, I there's feel like, like three he was talking albums. about like the Hellraiser like franchise. Mm-hmm. So I can see it. But I say 4.5. I guess Tyler wants to copy me. 
yeah. and say 4.52 because <laughs> he has no original opinion. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, again, like, I really enjoyed this movie where, like, I was looking forward to it for so long because it's been, like, in development for so long. Then we finally got a trailer. Yeah. And then it finally, like, just I came out. I remember even last year them talking about Jamie Oh, I didn't know about Jamie, like, at that time, but I just knew, like, they were remaking it. I said, it. I feel like. Oh, okay, gotcha. Again, y'all, putting it in perspective, how many drinks have we had at this point? You've had three ciders? Three. So, <laughs> and, like, he has, like, had three, I guess, keeping up with me, and he's had liquor, so our reality probably isn't correct, but I just <laughs> remember this, and I'm also, like, wrestling, like, I'm, like, trying to put this blanket under me right now it's so cold in here it's cool it's fall time y'all <laughs> so a uh, four and a half from both of us are there any like movies you're looking forward to coming out soon um well it's already come out but i want to watch the barbarian mm-hmm. so good and pearl you haven't seen pearl yet no have you seen hex no you i need to mia you goth should watch is x first but... fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. i love mia goth she's and in suspiria think... I know. <laughs> and I think, uh, does Kid Cudi, does he direct both? No, it's directed by uh, Ty West, but Kid Cudi's in X. Okay. Yeah, he's like the uh, gentleman performing in the uh, porn movie. Oh, in X. lovely. <laughs> I think that Mia Goth is like up and coming for sure. Oh, yeah. She's big. There's also a third movie that's going to be in the trilogy. <gasps> She's just so fucking phenomenal. She remind her character kind of reminds me of um, Charlize Theron in Monster. Okay, I, I haven't actually seen Monster, but I know it's about 10 like... 10 out of 10. Whatever, Warnos, her name. Eileen Warnos. Eileen, gotcha, yeah. But no. Clearly you didn't win the true crime trivia. I wasn't even had. here. <laughs> but no. X is great, and like I like all the performances. It's very much like a homage to fucking... Uh, Takes a Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. And then Pearl, Mia Do you Goth. mean homage? Tomato potato. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I hear both. Anyway, <laughs> so that's our take on this. Y'all let us know what you think. Um, you want to put your socials or whatever? Yeah. Well, first, um, if you want anyone to follow you on Instagram, what's your handle again? Um, it's Handav. Let me look it up really quick. It's Handav, H-A-N-N-D-A-V-V-V. So, two N's and three V's. I've had some fucking weirdos on it. So oh, God. <laughs> well, don't be weird, y'all. Definitely uh, follow Hannah on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, uh, follow Horrors Home on Instagram at Horrors Home. Also, there's the Horrors Home Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, you can also rate and review Horrors Home on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you guys have any like requests or anything, just send me a message on Instagram or Facebook. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, this is Tyler and this is Hannah. Thank you all.